This is the Public Speaker. Quick and dirty tips for improving your communication skills with your host, Lisa B. Marshall. Today on the podcast, I'd like to talk about something that's been on my mind, and that is how to talk to someone who's coping with death and loss. My late husband, John, died 20 years ago in 1995. My mother died in 2000 and my dad in 2011. And just about a year ago, my best friend Linda died. I've mentioned her many times on the show, sometimes in disguise. She was an incredibly supportive friend. And in fact, I used to tell her that she was my biggest fan, and I really loved her like a sister. A few months before Linda died, her husband Durf, that's Fred backwards, he was diagnosed with an aggressive form of brain cancer. And just before that devastating news, her only son, Sean, he's a high school student, he was diagnosed with type 1 diabetes. And I believe Linda died from a broken heart. Well, just two weeks ago, Durf died, leaving Sean without parents or grandparents. So why am I telling you this? Not for your sympathy, but simply because I think it's important to share this experience. One day, you're likely to encounter someone who's lost a loved one, or you may be the one that's grieving. And my hope is by reading this, that you'll have a better understanding of what to say when someone dies. Not really sure why, but we rarely talk about death. It seems like one of those taboo subjects, at least here in the United States. However, it's something that we should talk about. It's something I should talk about because when someone dies, it's exactly the time we need to be the best possible communicators that we can be. And not for ourselves, but for those around us that we love. Unfortunately, grief is not like you see in the movies. When my husband died, at first, I felt like I couldn't breathe. I wanted the world to stop and for everyone to recognize what a huge loss we had just sustained. And I remember lying on the couch, curled in a ball, crying and crying for hours at a time, feeling totally alone. And I didn't have to be alone, but I was afraid to let others see the depths of my despair. I didn't eat. I didn't clean the house. I didn't mow the lawn for weeks. I didn't do anything. My friends and family reached out to me, and I pushed them away. I didn't want to do anything they suggested, because couldn't they see? Didn't they know? I just wanted John back. I needed John. I needed my partner. I know it doesn't make sense, but I was even mad at John for leaving me alone to deal with his death. It took time, but eventually I was slowly able to build a new life, moving from we to me, and eventually back to we again. So losing John is part of the reason why I'm so passionate about the importance of communication. In fact, in my book, Smart Talk, I included a section specifically on what to say when someone is going through a hard time. I explained that when John died, ordinarily talkative people became tongue-tied, or worse, they became silent. Much later, people told me they had no idea what to say or what to do or how to help, They were fearful of saying the wrong thing, so instead they opted to say nothing at all, especially people at work. Clearly, the situation made them uncomfortable and therefore silent. And boy, do I understand that more, especially now in these past few weeks. What could I possibly say to an 18-year-old boy who hasn't even graduated high school yet who has suffered through a significant hearing and eye loss, who is dealing with type 1 diabetes, and most tragically, lost his mom and dad within a span of a year. I couldn't find the words. No words seemed to be enough to express the depth of my feelings. 
every time I rehearse some words in my mind, they seem to trivialize the magnitude of this tragedy. And on the day of the funeral, I still hadn't found any words for Sean. I just hugged him and I struggled to say anything at all. And then he said to me, we need to just stay positive, Aunt Lisa. Somewhat stunned, I whispered a one-word response, yes. I was ashamed of myself. I sat down in the pew and I promised myself that I would find the words. I would find a way to share them with them and keep sharing with him. I owed it to him and I owed it to his mother and his father. I believe the worst thing anyone can do is to not say anything at all. Any words, any actions, even fumbling inarticulate words are better than nothing at all. Everyone needs to hear that their loved one's life meant something. Every person that experiences a loss needs to have that loss recognized. We need to let them know that we understand that that void hurts. And it's our responsibility, it's our job to find the bridge to that person's broken heart so that we can help them by taking on a very small part of their grief. And the way to do that is through our words and our actions. But the hard part is, is that everyone experiences loss differently. And it's even likely that the same person experiences the pain and loss differently from day to day or even from moment to moment. So we need to listen, and I mean really listen, and respond to what the other person is experiencing in that particular moment. There are no quick and dirty tips for this because there's no one right way to talk to someone who's going through the grieving process. I remember having to tell people, it's okay to talk about John. It's okay to ask questions. Particularly as more time passed, I noticed that some people were careful not to bring it up. I think they thought perhaps I was finally over it and didn't want to upset me all over again. But the reality is, is that the loss of a loved one is never far from our minds. And by sharing your words and sharing your stories, you are making a connection. For me, it helped me to feel closer to those that I lost and closer to the person that shared the story with me. Hearing the stories often made me smile or made me proud. So don't disappear. Even if you don't know what to say, even if you're uncomfortable, even if you feel like you're not sure how the person is going to react, just listen to the thoughts, the feelings, and the emotions that are being shared in the moment, and do your best to acknowledge the loss. Offer your support and share your stories. In an effort to follow my own advice, I've been sending Facebook and email messages to Sean. I bought him a book on grief, hoping that there might be some words of wisdom to help ease his pain. Today, I even worked up the courage to ask him if it would be okay for me to attend his graduation in a week. And my heart swelled when he replied, that would be awesome, Aunt Lisa. I just wanted to add a little postscript to this episode. While I was developing this episode, Cheryl Sandberg, she's the chief operating officer of Facebook, posted her experience with grief. Her husband died of a freak accident age 46. And if you haven't read it, you should. She shares what she learned going through the grieving process, and it's very moving. This is Lisa B. Marshall, helping you to lead and influence. If you'd like to learn more about compelling communication, I invite you to read my best-selling books, Smart Talk and Ace Your Interview, or listen to my other podcast, Smart Talk. As always, your success is my business. If you have questions about how to communicate better at work, leave a voicemail at 206-350-7970 or email publicspeaker at quickanddirtytips.com. 
Sign up for Lisa's newsletter or get information about speeches and workshops by visiting lisabmarshall.com. You can find a transcript of this show and links to connect with Lisa at publicspeaker.quickanddirtytips.com. <laughs>